podcast. All right. Hopefully we can get it sorted now because I think we've just spent the last 15 minutes trying to sort out technical issues. All the good podcasts have technical issues. I think that's the way it works, isn't it? You're not a good podcast unless you don't know how to use your equipment properly. That's what seems to be the case for the most of the ones that I listen to. They seem to have issues all over the place with that thing, that type of stuff. I think we've got it sorted now, though. I can hear you loud and clear. It's a good way to start. It's a good behind-the-scenes little tidbit of information. I take it you've just come back from Melbourne today. I have. I have. It was a good trip. Visit some family. Yeah. Some birthday and wedding anniversary events. Ate some good food. Mm-hmm. Too many carbs. Mm-hmm. I crashed, but it was tasty, so... It's time to detox. When you say too many carbs, you're talking like six croissants and a chocolate eclair? There were two delicious Italian bakery little chocolate custard thingies that I ate. I don't know what they were, but damn, they were good. Yeah. The definitely ate some croissants. I had an almond croissant on Saturday morning. Coffee and, and croissants are just ridiculous. So I had that. Um, and Vietnamese bread rolls, which are delicious as well. How did the croissants so compare to French French croissants when you were in France recently? Ooh, I don't know. I think I think the European flour is different. So you're going to rate it's the French croissants out of ten? What are you giving them? Snap judgment. Ten, ten out of 10? ten. And what do you give ten. the Melbourne fancy bakery croissants? Nine. Wow. Wow. Okay. So they taste slightly better, slightly better. Yeah. But I mean, the stuff that you get at a decent coffee shop around here is delicious. It's it's the it's the effect after you eat one. I find that all the flour-based products here, the bread and stuff like that, you just you just feel a bit bloated after it. Mm. I didn't get that effect in Europe. Is that from the soil? Do you think the type of the type of ground that the soil is growing in, like the Australian soil, has got different nutrients in it, and so the wheat is different, or is it a different strain of wheat? Maybe all of the above. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what else they add to it, but it's yeah. it's definitely. I mean, and I've heard other people talk about that stuff as well. Like same thing with pasta. That the pasta is different um, in Europe compared to what you get here. And and the thing is, unless you're making pasta fresh, which is how most places in Europe sort of serve it anyway, homemade pasta, then it's going to be a different product. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a big difference, not only in the type of flour, but just in the preparation, the way everything's done over there. They've got a lot more history. Everything over here is very learned for the most part. There's not a lot of people making it whose grandfather made it, whose grandfather taught them, whose grandfather taught them, going back to people thousands of years. Whereas over in Europe, you actually encounter that. They're like, oh, my family's been making cheese in this region for 700 years. That's crazy. Well, we have, we've, got, we've got damper. <laughs> it's a couple of hundred years old. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon we make better damper than the French. <laughs> That's probably very, very true. I, I tried damper in France and I felt bloated after. Where did you get damper in France? <laughs> Out in the the French bush. French bush, that's right. Yeah. 
So how's your week been? I've heard good things about that, about the French. How's my week been? I've been, my week's been all right. Been very busy, uh, trying to do a lot of writing for comedy. Didn't have any open mics. Went along and saw a couple of live shows of locals doing um, doing longer sets, which was good to see. I knew a lot of the jokes already, but it's just good to go out and see a bit of comedy. Uh, the week before that, since we haven't done a podcast, I did I did three open mic nights and a thing called erotic fan fiction at the Potbelly in Belconnen where huh. there's a paid gig where five of us were there. One of them was hosting and the other four were contestants. And the way it worked was we had, a, it was a massive, there were huge, a lot of people there, like 70 plus people in the room. What night? Packed out Thursday night, Thursday, okay. two weeks ago. Well, not well, Thursday, the one public before. Servants. No, it's a big range of people, big range of people, but they were all paying to get in. And I was a bit surprised to see that many people there. And so- Thursday night. Sorry, sorry to jump in there, but yeah. um, Thursday night is actually quite popular for the people that work around like where I work. Yeah, um, it's, it's a very popular spot. So mm. that's, that's, I guess, my point is it's a good spot to be doing shows, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the host got up, and he, this guy Josh Glass, who's a very funny guy, who actually also has his own podcast, which I think is called Spoofs and Goofs, which he does with a very funny guy called Riley Bell. I listened to their new episode today, which is pretty funny. Uh, he ho- he was the host of the night. He did a little bit of stand-up and then he read out his own erotic fan fiction, which is just a funny story that's meant to be a bit rude. And while he read that, or before he read that, he made all the contestants pull a topic out of a hat. And while he read his, we had 20 minutes to write our own story. So I sat there with my phone and a Bluetooth keyboard and wrote two pages of nonsense. Uh, and we all did... One person had the Spice Girls. Another person had... Uh, who's that InfoWars guy? What's his name? Alex. Uh, yeah, Alex someone. He was... Uh, it was his topic. Another person had another topic. Anyway, my topic was the Tiananmen Square tank man, which was probably not what you would immediately associate with uh, eroticism in any way. <laughs> but I spun it around and it went okay. But yeah, that was fun. Uh, what have I done since? I've been trying to write a lot of comedy this month, trying to do the thing where I write a new piece every night. I haven't quite kept up with that, but I've got about fifteen new, 12 to 15 new comedy pieces, which I'm pretty happy with. Still a few days to go in the month, so hopefully I can cap it off with a few more. But yeah, other than that, this weekend I've walked the dogs, hung out a bit, done a little bit of cleaning around the house just to make it borderline respectable. Certainly not clean, but yeah. Camille's shedding a lot. My Malamute shedding it's like that time anything. Of year. Yeah, my dogs are doing the same. Yeah. Speaking speaking of dogs, I'm gonna have to send you some photos. I'll, I'll get um, I'll get uh. So so Nacho, my cousin in Chile, mm. he rescued a dog. Yeah. It's a Sharpe, cute. Oh wow. Chubby thing. Yeah. I'll have to get him to put some photos up on his Facebook, but um, that's pretty cool. So uh, shout out to uh, what's his name again? Damn it, I forget his name. Nacho, he's your cousin. Um, God, how do you forget his name? <laughs> he's, uh, he's fat. He's fat dog. Looks What's his dog's good. name? I forgot. Man, my memory is terrible. As the years go by, it just keeps getting worse and worse. It's because you're not sleeping like enough. Man, I am sleeping. How much sleep are you getting, Joe? Don't talk about... 
talk to me about sleep. I get way more sleep than you do. What do you get? You get like three hours a night. I'm getting at least five. <laughs> at least as a minimum. Sometimes up to seven, depending on if it's a weekend or not. Yeah, I'm, I'm averaging just over eight, which is good. Wow. Wow. Maybe all your memories are seeping out of your brain into your pillow because you're spending too much time with it. I think um, I think I've just reached the the limit of my of my uh, mental capacity. <laughs> I don't think it's getting any better than this. I think I just I need to start deliberately just forgetting other shit and I, just clear up some space. I'm gonna loan you a book a book called Moonwalking with Einstein about memory techniques and give it to you. Somehow I, I love the idea that everyone thinks the memory is just something they can just rely on. Like running, you got to go practice running. Cycling, you got to practice cycling. Weights, you got to lift weights every day. But memory, we're like, oh no, that should just work. As though there aren't exercises we can do every day to include, you know, increase our mental aptitude and all that stuff. Keep our like brain math, ticking math's over. Be pretty good. What is? Math. They've done studies and shit on old people. It, it oh yeah, definitely. Significantly improves. Mm. The uh, or, or slows down the ter- deterioration. Deterioration. Yeah, yeah. I think if you are making it work, it'll keep growing and keep pumping the the growth hormone into the brain. If you stop using it, it goes. Oh, I don't need this anymore, and lets it decay. Surely that's the way it works. Says Chris, the non neurosurgeon. I wanted to become a neurosurgeon, Joe. Did you know that? No, I didn't. For about three weeks a year ago. I decided uh, I listened to an audiobook uh, about a biography by a neurosurgeon, one of my favorite one of my favorite books by the Dr. Henry Marsh or Professor Henry Marsh. He's got two books, they're really really good. He reads the second one. He doesn't read the first, which is a bit disappointing because he's got a great voice. I found out about him through a documentary called uh, I think it's called Do No Harm, which is the name of his No, it's not. I can't remember the name of the documentary, but if you look up Henry Marsh, the soundtrack's done by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. And it's this great documentary about this neurosurgeon who goes over to the Ukraine to help for free because they've got really bad brain surgery stuff over there. It's like the dark ages. And he brings over old equipment, which they're throwing out in England and just gives it to them for free, all out of his own pocket. And it just follows him for a bit. But his autobiography, Do No Harm, and his follow-up, which I can't remember the name of. They're both on Audible. I highly recommend them. They're, they're some of my favorite books of all time. They're amazing. Really, really good. That's crazy. Yeah, neurosurgery. That just reminded me of... Oh. Reminded me of... Um, for some reason, I started reading up about the uh, Syrian civil war, um, which has been going on for like the last six years. I was doing a ton of reading about that. When stuff. were you doing this? Just over the last couple of days. Oh, okay. Um, but one of the things that, I mean, it's just, it's crazy that circumstances of other human beings on this planet, uh, medical students, young medical students in Syria who, um, I guess have volunteered to go on front lines to perform, yeah. you know, surgery. They're not even fully trained, but they're doing all sorts of stuff, uh, to attend to, um, you know, casualties of war. It's some um, pretty horrific, horrific stuff. It's not something I want to do. I'll tell you that. Well, 
my, my the I, I guess that my, my point being that if you want to do some brain surgery, then they might let you do it. <laughs> yeah, look, I reckon a good twelve years of study and practice, and I'd be fine. Um, twelve minutes is enough. Twelve years. Just go on YouTube. I think it'd be like six years of actual doctoring, five years of doctoring, and then three years in like practice, and then like I'd specialize for another three years. And then I'd be an understudy neurosurgeon for another three years, like learning and stuff. And then after 11 years, I could start up my own sort of thing. By about 12 years, you know, I would have spent a year as a neurosurgeon. I'd only be 50. I reckon you could cut that down to at least half if you went on Audible and just got some brain surgery audiobooks. And just do it in your spare time like when you're driving. Well, fuck, I've already listened to one. I mean, it's an autobiography more than mm. anything. Like you're, you're probably that's like the equivalent of maybe at least twelve months at university. <coughs> that like you know a fraction of the cost. It's a pretty expensive audiobook. How much does university cost these days? What's that? Sorry. How much do you reckon medical school costs these days? Oh, it'd be a couple of hundred grand, I reckon. A hundred, couple of hundred grand, really? Or maybe, maybe not. That I was long. thinking twenty or thirty bucks a month. It'd be like Netflix, right? Thirteen ninety nine a month. But if you wanted the HD lectures, you'd probably have to pay more. Oh, no. You could do it for less than that. Just use torrents. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon you, you could, could do it for less than that. Like, we should start our own Beast Monkey podcast. Uh, speaking of Beast Monkey podcast, welcome everybody to the Beast Monkey podcast. Uh, that was the longest intro ever. Alf, the genius Alf, who guested a couple of episodes ago, has done write-ups of of each episode. Have we have we put those up on the episodes yet? We haven't. We haven't. We haven't. Alf, How do we do that? Alf, I apologize. Um, I'd love to say that I thought I I don't know I don't know why I haven't done it. I guess I've been a bit distracted. I'm going to do that very very soon. We have to get, jump into the uh, SoundCloud account. And there's a description oh, exactly. for every episode and it just automates it. Okay. So we need to do that because he went through the trouble of very carefully documenting. Yes. And I, he did a fantastic <laughs> job of that too. I actually think, and this is ridiculous to say, but I have never seen a podcast with better documentation, a podcast description with better links, better pod, better documentation and better description of an episode in my life. It's outrageous. Even, oh, not even... Not even the Rogan. No, nowhere near. Oh, they, they don't even do anything like that. This had a link to everything we ever spoke about. It talked about every subject. And we, like the couple of assholes that we are, haven't put it up yet. So, Alf, I sincerely apologize. Please come back on the podcast again soon. Uh, hurry up and get a copy of Zelda Breath of the Wild and play it. I know you've got a Wii U. I don't know if you've got a Switch yet, but hurry up and get it. I know I was talking to you about it a month ago. I guess maybe that's it. I'll put up the descriptions when he gets a copy of Zelda Breath of the Wild. How does that sound? Is that fair? Let's that's probably it. not fair, is it? Because I didn't make Breath of the Wild. <laughs> if I had designed that game, that would have been probably a fair trade-off. Yeah. I've done no gaming. And do you miss Except it? Except for, I do. I spent maybe an hour and a half last weekend playing God of War 3 Remastered because it was a free downloadable game for uh, the month on yeah. PlayStation Network. Damn, that's a good game. 
That's really good. I've heard it's almost as good as Zelda. Almost as good as Zelda. <laughs> Nothing's as good as Zelda. Everyone knows that's the best game of all time. Uh, we were playing. We played... What did we play? That Lego multiplayer game the other day? Uh, Marvel. Was that actually before you went away to Europe? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> that was like two months ago. Now. <laughs> it, feels like it, it feels like the other day. That was the middle of winter. There was a fire. We had a big fire. And I had to get home and feed my dogs. And where was it? Two, week, two weekends ago when you had yourself and Kieran over and we did the uh, barbecue and talisman, which was fantastic. And we built some shelves. Talisman. 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 Oh. Built some shelves. Had some barbecue. I took, um, took your car out for a drive. Managed to not hit any kangaroos. That was fun. How is that car going? How is your little Mazda MX-5 going, Joe? It is going great. Mm-hmm. Great. It is a fun car. Definitely now bedded in. Uh, it puts a smile on your face. It is a fun, fun car. Mm. You feel connected to it. It's a, it's a raw driving experience. It's noisy. You can feel all the bumps. Yeah. Um, you know, having a manual transmission and you know just revving it hard and double clutching and blipping the throttle, heel towing around roundabouts. Oh, you're back heel yeah. towing? Yep. Yep. Mm. It's a bit... There's one one particular pair of work shoes I have that make it a bit weird, but um, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I definitely do. I recommend do not heel toe in, um, in soccer studs. That would be a mistake. Have you seen that they've released the first pair of Jordan soccer shoes? Nike, like Jordan logo soccer shoes. Um, what's his name? Neymar at PSG has is sponsored by Jordan, and he's got. There's a pair of Nike Air Jordan. They're based on the Jordan Five. If you just look it up. And Neymar. They're a very Neymar. interesting, um, interesting pair of boots. Is he the best in the Neymar. world right now? Hell no. Who is? Name. Look, I'm just gonna say it. Neymar is a bitch. And he annoys everyone because he's he's Mr. Untouchable in the field. Like if you, if you breathe on him the wrong way, he you know, starts rolling around. Um, yeah, I can see what you're saying. You see them? That is weird. They're a weird shoe, hey. They he does weird. roll around a lot and complain a lot, but is that also because they're constantly trying to hurt him so he has to protect himself because the refs won't do it? I think it's a combination of... Of both of those things. Yeah. It, it's kind of, it's interesting. It, it's somewhat paradoxical because the more that he does that, the more people are going to be out to get him. Yeah, I know. It's a chicken and the egg problem though. A lot of players don't have to worry about that because no one's really trying to smash them to stop them doing anything. Yeah. Weird looking boots. Boots these days. Jesus Christ, look at the price on that thing. When was the last time you played soccer, Joe? <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> That's a while ago. Yeah. Maybe two years or something. Tell you what, compared to cycling, it's rough on the joints. How's your shoulder going? I understand you hurt your shoulder with, at jiu-jitsu. Ah, rubbish. Rubbish. What? I thought so it was I getting better. Mm, it sort of was, but this weekend, not so good. And that's because I was carrying... Um, bags. Heavy bags. Oh, you're picking so. up bags too? Over the shoulder bags? Yep. Yep. That's how my dad hurt his shoulder. I told you. Taking a bag out of the back seat. 
Years and years of grabbing bags from the back seat of cars destroys your shoulders. Never put a bag in the back seat of the car and just grab it through the middle. Yeah, it's not not good. So I am going to have to get an ultrasound. Ultrasound. Oh, no. Um, and in fact, I might actually do some ultrasound therapy on it because it's, it's non-invasive and... I think it's the kind of injury that's probably suited to getting some ultrasound therapy on it. So um, I might go and see the people out at Uni of Canberra. Yeah. They're pretty good there. They know what they're doing. These are all the people, students of... Uh, Gordon. Gordon, yeah. Gordon the legend. What's he up to these days? He's over in America, isn't he? NASA. Works for he NASA. works for NASA now, yeah. What a genius that guy was. He's, he's a bit of a freak. Do you know when I first saw him? Guess how many years ago that was now. Got to be back in like early 2000s. The year 2002. Yeah. Because I remember when I busted up my knee and he told me to go see him. He mm. was the, the only guy that sort of sorted me out. Other people were like, oh yeah, knee reconstruction. For yeah. Sure. There's nothing else. Yeah. And like taping up my knee and all this other nonsense. Taping a knee. Is what, yeah, ridiculousness. Yeah. Like with that old school elastoplast, you know, that hard tape, right? <laughs> yeah, like and it's the uh, 1960s. Yeah, just yeah. This, this guy's like, yeah. Look, you could probably, if you want to keep playing soccer, you'll probably need to get a knee reconstruction because you'll just injure yourself again. It'll yeah. probably tear again. Yeah. But let's give this a go, and then you know, six weeks later, it was all beautiful. And thanks to him, I got into cycling. He was the one that suggested. Is that right? That the low impact circular movement of the bike, of the bike stroke, promotes blood flow to the knee, promotes the healing, low impact. Mm. And then I just got hooked. Well, shout out to Professor Gordon Waddington or doctor. I don't know if he's a doctor or a professor. He's a professor in my books. He's definitely a professor. He's an avid listener of the Beast Monkey podcast. <laughs> Let's do those shout outs now. Let's give a shout out to Mr. Paul Hawkins and Mr. Steve Kastrician. If you're listening, hello. Thank you for coming along to the Floating Moon comedy experience at the ANU pop-up village. It's great Shame to have I you there. I didn't see the guys there. Yeah, that's funny that you were there and they were there and um, you didn't run into each other. Yeah, I know. I guess, you know why? Because there are 160 people there. We had sold 30 tickets three days before it started and we ended up selling 160. I'm so happy about that. 160,000 people there. 160 million people went along. Um, Shout out to, uh, to Altry as well. Yes. Who's in Kuma right now. I think he might. I'm not sure where he's right right now. I think... They might be, after seeing his parents, they might be staying at the Premier Motel Inn tonight near the, near the markets. Because I gave him a call today and he's like, dude, where are you right? Like, where are you? I'm like, um, and he's like, can you be at the Belcon and Markets in like 20 minutes or half an hour or something? I'm like, 2.30? And he's like, yeah. Unreal. Because he was like, yeah, I didn't think I'd have any time to catch up. But since you called at the right time and I had like, we just checked into the hotel and so they all came across and the girls had a little cupcake. His, his daughters are so old now. Yeah, they, had, they were like 27 and 29 years old. They were older than Carly is. Carly's only 25 and the daughters are two, two and four years older, which is pretty crazy. And uh, they were having a cupcake. Me and Altry had a bit of a chat. The kids went and played on, a, on, this, on the playground. Carly went and helped them and um, me and Altry planned the, the downfall of something. I don't know. Talked about stuff. It was good. Good to catch up. We'll definitely cool, have to cool, get man. him on the podcast soon. Also, also another shout out to uh, to Andres Hernandez, my cousin. Mm-hmm. Nacho Hernandez as well. Hopefully um, 
he'll listen to this episode and everyone else out there. We love you. And Raphael. Raphael and Alf. Alf again, the um, chief engineer. The master and chief engineer. Gotta put up those damn notes. My God. I'm putting them up tonight. I'm not going to bed tonight until I've put them up. I feel so disrespectful to, to Alf. I sincerely apologize. I feel like we... Yeah. I just... I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to so make that it means up to I feel I've got bad. to email you the credentials, yeah? Sorry? I've got to email you some credentials. I don't think you have them. I think I forwarded them to my, my email, my home email address. Okay. Well, just in case I haven't sent Oh, them. you mean the SoundCloud? No, I logged into it, remember, mm. because I had to upload one of them myself to do the, uh, the stats and to put it on iTunes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's right. I did send it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So I should be able to log in. If I don't have it, I'll just check my history. Actually, you know what? Send it again, just in case. Okay. Okay. Have you seen any good movies lately? Have you perhaps seen Baby Driver or The Handmaiden? I, I haven't. I started watching Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. Yep. And I got hooked. So I've been watching just that this week in addition to my usual uh, English Premier League, League One, French League, Italian League, and Spanish League. Yep. And also... UFC. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't had a chance to watch the movies because I've I haven't really been around this weekend either. But um, just on the UFC, it's a big fight coming up. Who's big fight who's fighting? Up. Probably, Joe? probably the biggest fight in UFC history. Who's fighting, Joe? Khabib, the Eagle, Nur Nurmagomedov, yeah. and Connor the Notorious McGregor. I watched the press conference uh, yesterday. How was it? And it was using Dana White's description of it. It was dark. It didn't feel like the usual funny banter. Uh, it felt like a it felt felt personal. I didn't like it. There's a lot at stake. I actually, <laughs> I found it quite uncomfortable. There's a uh, lot at stake, Joe. There is a lot at stake. This is make so, or break for both of them. I don't know. I think Khabib can still... If he loses, you know, it's it's what? 26 and 1. That's a big deal. How so? If he loses this, then he never gets to say he's one of the all-time greats. Everyone will always say Connor is better. If he beats Connor, then Connor will end up fighting Nate Diaz for a stack of cash, probably doing another crazy boxing match with Floyd after Floyd fights Pacquiao again, and then just riding off into the sunset with a couple hundred million dollars, but not going down as the greatest UFC fighter of all time. Yeah, I guess from that perspective, you're right. And, and Khabib, Khabib has said that he's fighting for, for legacy. So if he wants to maintain that, you know, if he wants to be the Mayweather of UFC and maintain that, zero losses then then yeah this is a this is a huge deal um for mcgregor obviously he has to beat khabib to i think basically stamp his uh his dominance in the ufc i mean if he's able to come back and uh you know not fight for two years and, and then come back after two years and then beat khabib that would be amazing but anything can happen that's that's the other crazy thing about this fight is i really don't know What's going to happen? I think it's 
If you had to make a prediction, though, which you do have to make, who are you picking? I'm going to say Khabib. Reason being that I think he's been quite active. He, I think, is calm and, and, and has a mindset that's strong enough that I think... Uh, he won't let McGregor get into his head. That's why I think McGregor's going like extra hardcore this time around because I think he knows that. Mm-hmm. It's getting very personal with him. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, people people talk about Khabib's flaws, which is really his ability to defend uh, punches, hooks, and against a very good striker on McGregor. That's definitely his, his weakness. So if he can... If he can address that, which I'm sure his coaches will be absolutely looking at, uh, then then I think he's got the advantage. I just don't see how McGregor can is going to be able to deal with him on the ground. Um, and I think if McGregor if if McGregor wins, he's going to have to do it in the first two rounds. I think after that he will he will gas out. It's a five round fight, though, right? It is championship fight, five rounds. Is it, yeah, look, I the weight cut is a nightmare for Khabib. His body shut down last time he did it. Or second, sorry, second last time he did it. Correct? He did change, nutri- he changed nu- the um, nutrition coach though. He did, but that still means that it's a fine line. Mm. It's a fine line. And every time you do that, it's harder and harder. It's hard for Conor to get down there. It's even harder for Nurmagomedov to get down there. He wrestles with Cormier, Daniel Cormier, at training. And Cormier says that he's a nightmare to, to train to, to spar with. Yeah, well, pretty much anyone who's gone against Khabib, they say it's like wrestling a heavyweight. Yeah, he's huge. Once, once he, That's what it tells he's me. He's strong. He, 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 he trains at about 200. He lives at about, he walks around at about 200 and he's dropping 45 pounds. That's why his body is crazy. He, um, I just think that's going to dehydrate him too much and the hits are going to mean a lot more. And because of that, there's no way you can avoid getting one or two knocks. And I think we saw with Eddie Alvarez in the fight that pretty much changed his whole career. As soon as you get one of those punches, as soon as one of those hits you, all of everything goes out the window. He had a plan. He had a game plan. I heard an interview with him where he said, look... I was never going to step left. I was only going to be stepping right the whole fight. I was going to be focusing on kicks and then try and take him down from the second round onwards. As soon as he hit that first punch hit me, I forgot where I was and I started stepping left, throwing punches, stepping left, throwing punches. I couldn't control myself. I was at it. I was gone. I was only half there. As soon as that first punch hit, we saw what happened. He does that first punch all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's... he's his speed, his timing, his accuracy, his ability to judge distance. Yeah. And that's and all going to be better after the, the best we've seen. After the Mayweather fight, his boxing is going to be way better than it ever was. Mm. And I think Khabib, every time he fights someone who can punch a bit, he does take a couple of hits, but wears them and takes them down to the ground. It really just depends how well he can take a punch because he is going to get hit. And if, I don't know. He just it depends on his chin really and how how dehydrated his his brain is for how many hits he can take. The only person we've seen take a hit is is Diaz, who's 
and that's just from the the, the years of you know the weed yeah it's just numb, he's numbed, numbed out his brain numbed out. and also he still knocked him down mm. he still hit him it's not like he couldn't get hit and he's a much better boxer than most guys in the UFC but his ground game not very good at all and he does tend to gas out True. so yeah who the hell knows what's going who knows what's going to happen the other thing as well Khabib doesn't finish people no he, he can't finish people so every fight every round starts standing up but he's never lost a round in the UFC either I mean one thing is is TKOing people uh, you know he's got a few submissions uh, you know decisions that have gone his way decisively because he has never lost a round that's the other thing right so it's yeah it's going to be it's going to be pretty crazy it it's is going to be crazy. crazy. It is going to be crazy. Watch, watching him fight against other strikers, he's he he's pressed. I don't think he's, he's going to be able to do that against McGregor. McGregor's <laughs> he's going to maintain his distance. Yeah, and he's he's just gonna he's gonna get a couple in there, like you said. So, and he may come out with a completely different strategy we haven't even seen before. Hmm. He might come out there and not throw a single punch, or he may come out only kicking. He's got that massive kicking game that we forget he's got. So, yeah. who knows? Or, you know, someone may get injured and all the, the weight cuts might not work and we might not even see it ever. So, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? Two weeks' time. So, definitely going to be hosting that one at my house. Yep. Hopefully, the weather's good so that we can have a nice barbecue outside as well. So, it's going to be pretty exciting. Yep. Yep, definitely. Yeah, and I'm pretty busy next weekend. So, I'll probably that'll be when I come over. Next yeah. time we'll be there and we'll do a podcast afterwards. Sounds good. What's coming up this weekend? This weekend? Oh, actually, sorry, before we go into that, sorry to, sorry to cut you off. Baby Driver and the Handmaiden, what's the schedule? What's going on? I'll watch it this weekend, this coming weekend. Okay, cool. Along with, um, with Predators or Predator. The Predator, the new one. The new one. Yeah, cool. Definitely want to go watch that. I hear it's like super gory, so it should be funny. Andrew gave it a very good review. He said it was very, very tasty. Yeah, excellent. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so this week, what's coming up? So, I think I'm going to need to tune a couple of things with my, um, with my diet because I'm doing more riding now. Uh, so the K's are going up, which means I need to fuel up. Um, other than that, it's probably going to be a quiet one next weekend because there's a few things I need to do around the house. Um, but yeah, man, just uh, just taking it easy, enjoying this good weather that we're getting. Need some damn rain too. We've got some nice downpour on, on the way back this evening, which is good. Yep. Kangaroos everywhere, which is crazy. Wait, it rained out at your place this weekend? It did, yeah. It didn't rain out here. I guess we are about an hour away. <laughs> Got a big downpour. 40 minutes away. Other side of the airport. Yeah, fair enough. Kangaroos everywhere, as I was saying. I saw the albino again. So I went out for a run earlier this week and I, uh, I saw the albino. The albino, the snow white boomer, huh? Crazy. It's so weird. So I did some research on that. Apparently it's like one every hundred thousand yeah 
Well, there you go. There's a lot of kangaroos around this. What are there, 50 million in Australia? I have no That's idea. That's the estimate, I think. 50 million getting yeah. getting culled at 10,000 a month. Apparently, on average, there's about between two, two and a half thousand uh, road incidents every year here in the ACT. Yeah. Uh, and they expect on, twice as many honestly, this year, five I don't think we should let kangaroos drive anymore. Yeah, neither I. Let alone drink. (laughs) These drunken kangaroos. I wonder if if another if an alien species came to Earth and started driving on our roads, and they had their own form of alcohol, which was different that we couldn't use, that they used, and they brought with them, and it increased. The times that people died, that they caused fatal accidents on the road by 10,000% or whatever alcohol does, some ridiculous number. Would we pass laws to make it so they couldn't, couldn't drink that stuff? I would say yes. I'd say yes as well. But because we're doing it, we're like, oh yeah, you can have a couple and drive. What's the limit these days? 0.05. A couple of years ago, I felt I was harassed by a police officer because he pulled me over. Sexually harassed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't happy. Yeah. He pulled you over and said what? <laughs> I think uh, he said, "How you doing?" I think I was I was just under the limit, and then he 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 just got all shitty, which I thought was weird. Because he thought you would really be over. Weird. Yeah, he was disappointed, but shitty. Wow, what a dick! That's a damn shame. Maybe they had a quiet night. Who knows? Who knows what else is going on in his life? He might be very frustrated with some other things going on. Possibly. Very, very possible. Yeah. They do have quotas, so he probably hadn't hit his quota for the night. True. That's also very true. Very much could be the case. Hmm. Interesting. So. So this week, what have I got on? Tuesday night doing open mic at the Phoenix. As long as I get a spot, I've sent an email. Hopefully I hear back soon. Thursday night, I think the Gungalan Young and Frisky open mic night is on. Uh, Other than that, every night I'm trying to write two new comedy bits every night this week, five nights in a row, trying to write 10 bits in a week. 10 five-minute bits. So 10 minutes a night, 50 minutes of comedy this week that that doesn't exist yet. I'm going to write that out this week. And are those creative juices flowing? Is is it a challenge for you to sit down and actually sometimes get something? Down sometimes it's a challenge to start, but once I get started, it's always easy. It's all just about pushing on and starting. I very rarely sat down and never felt excited at some point during the during the thing. I've got a list of about 40 or 50 concepts that I've written down in the past that I just need to flesh out. So I can usually grab one of those 
and just turn it into a story. But every now and then I'll be like, oh, I've got a new idea anyway. And I'll write that one instead. I keep saying you need to get yourself one of those um, immersion tanks. (laughs) I don't need that. I've already, my life is like that already. I'm already in that, I'm already in that stage. I didn't like that. I just, I'm already like that. Remember? You're literally inside a uh, immersive tank right now while we're doing this podcast. I didn't feel any difference. I got in that tank and lay there and I'm like, cool, this is how Zen I am all the time. It's meant to be a joke, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm too stressed so I can't ever calm down. The immersion tank would need to be the size of a house. I want to give it a go. Do it. I reckon you'd like it. How much do they cost? Like 10 grand? 10 grand? Ooh, I don't know. I reckon start, a bit. start looking into it. I'd probably, yeah. They'd probably cost a they, bit. Maybe they're only like three or four grand though. They charge a, they charge a lot for them. I mean, it's, it's a, what, 70, 80 bucks for a, like one. No, eight. like 60. I think it's 60, but if you buy, oh, maybe it is seven or 80 for one off, but if you buy multiples, they charge less. It's pretty expensive. And are you actually touching? I think you've explained this before, but when you're actually floating in. When you're in the middle and you're in the perfect position, you're not touching anything. But okay. you drift and so you bump into stuff all the time. I'm sure so if you were you... five foot seven, five foot eight, you could get away with really not. If you got a big tank, you'd probably be okay. I felt every now and then I had to readjust, set myself up. I was never really lost. I don't know. I got lost at one point and almost fell asleep. I don't know. Falling asleep in there would be, would be kind of weird though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just lie there. There's no way you can sink. You can't sink. And it's pretty warm as well. Oh, so it's, it's, like- n- it's not super warm. I would have liked it a little bit warmer. Apparently it's the right temperature, but I didn't, I'm a bit of a sook. I don't know. I like really, really cold water or really hot water. I don't, that whole lukewarm thing creeps me out a bit. So skin temperature, which is about 34, 35 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Which is great until your skin comes out of that water and then it's cold instantly. I don't know. I'm sure they know what they're doing. Maybe. I mean, the truth is it's an alternative medicine. It's like. It's like going to a nutritionist or um, a witch doctor or something. Crack science. Yeah. There's no proof for it, right? No doctor ever recommends going to one of those things. It's not like the low-carb, high-fat, which has now got doctors actually recommending it. Like, did I tell you about this? No. I asked my doctor a couple of months ago about um, about the situation where I'd been doing the semi-ketogenic style eating yeah, and lost all that weight doing that. And he said, oh, you know, a few years ago, I would have said, be very careful with that. But there's a doctor, a South African doctor called Tim Noakes, who he saw speak recently, and he reversed his type 2 diabetes using ketogenic diet and um, the medical industry is actually taking a lot of notice of it and it's becoming something that people are actually really starting to investigate 
And so that whole idea that in 30 or 40 years from now, everyone's going to be having cold showers and eating high fat diets is very realistic and treating sugar like a full poison, poison, you know? Yeah, I, I don't think there's uh, there's much of an argument there. If, if you've experienced it, it's, the benefits are, are pretty obvious. The um, Especially with like energy levels, I've definitely found that like that that crashing effect is just something that you don't get when you're eating low carb but um i think where it gets tricky is with with sports depending on the sport that you do and and depending on your lifestyle and how active you are uh that's where it gets a a little bit more complicated um because different sports obviously require different types of energy stores and there was a very good podcast with uh, tj dillashaw on joe rogan yeah where he uh he talks about it doesn't go into too much detail but but definitely he talks about um you know his periodization training and how adjustments to the diet need to be made uh to to feel that kind of activity to to aid the activity as well as the recovery um but you know when he's not in camp then he's basically you know low carb keto so yeah that's that's definitely what i found is that when I was doing races then yeah you, you, I was I was too low on the carbs to to really ride hard enough quick enough by the way um, a float tank costs about about $15,000 US so they're pretty expensive can you buy them in Australia? you can on eBay $21,000 there would have to be a better way to get one in Australia That's that's super expensive because obviously it's a commercial product. Yeah, I reckon you'd be better off renting one. Or maybe we can get someone to send us one for free. <laughs> I think once we get up to a hundred to fifty thousand listeners, that kind of thing could happen. Um, but we can't we can't do any ads for them. That's interesting. I just did a... Uh, so that was a Google eBay search I did on sensory deprivation um, tank. And then I did the same search directly into eBay. Yep. And I get a whole bunch of gimp suits and gimp masks. Maybe we could get someone to send us some of those. Wow, that's really freaky. So yeah, f- for the listeners out there, type in sensory deprivation eBay... If you want a gimp suit or a gimp mask. Did you type in tank at the end of it or just sensory deprivation? <laughs> sensory deprivation. Well, that's the problem, tank. isn't it? By the way, your um, your your webcam has been paused ever since you pulled up that thing. All right, I'll stop look, looking at gimps. Yeah. Or get a second monitor, like a real man. How's that sound? Yeah, I might, I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just run a projector on the wall behind it. Oh, wait, there's a window behind it. How are your blinds going? Shout out to our sponsor, the Super Blind Super Blind Company. Blinds Online. Blinds Online. Dot com. Com. Dot dot com. Au. Yeah, the blinds are going great, actually. I think I've now um, furbished my entire home with Blinds Online. <laughs> <laughs> Go to blindsonline.com.au forward slash beast monkey for 10% off. 
fantastic product. Or you can also go to blindsonline.com.au forward slash beastmonkey25 to get 25% off. You can also go to uh, Bungie Software's website. Go to uh, forward slash destiny uh, forward slash beastmonkey for a free copy of Destiny 2. (laughs) Have you still got a free copy of Destiny 2 to give away to one of our happy listeners? I do. I've given away 10,000 copies already, but I still have some left. How many have we got left? I have one left. One left. So anyone, have we got, have we actually got a Beast Monkey website yet? <laughs> I mean, an email address or is it just, what's the email address to send it through to your, to the website? Beastmonkey at gmail.com. Beastmonkey at gmail.com. No spaces, no underscores, one word. That is right. Send an email with the, the title has to be Beast Monkey is my destiny and you have to write, please give me a copy of Destiny. And then is it a physical copy or a download code? It's a, it's a physical copy. And is it a PC copy or a PlayStation? PlayStation 4. Okay. And you'll send that out to them? Absolutely. And they only have postage to give you $45 for postage or you'll pay for postage? I'll pay for postage. Interesting. I've also got another giveaway for a mystery CD. So um, if you write in with the, to beastmonkey at gmail.com with the heading mystery CD for me and then uh, your address and we'll send you out a mystery CD to one of our happy listeners. And Joe, don't you enter because I'll know it's you. <laughs> I've also got a uh, free PlayStation 4 to give away. With the- it doesn't work. <laughs> With a broken hard drive, is that correct? It's got a it's got a broken hard drive. I'm sure if you fix a hard drive. I thought you were going to fix that. Yeah, didn't get around to it. Yeah. You don't have time. I probably should. You don't have time to play the one that works, let alone build a new one. I figured... Because I thought about turning it into a media center, but I'm really happy with the Apple TV. I think the Apple TV does a better job. Yeah, yeah. The only problem with the Apple TV is that um, I don't think, and I probably need to look into this some more, I don't think you can get it to hook into other media centers. So, like, for example, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, you can't. You can't. Oh, no, that's that's not true. You can. You just need a computer or an app. Like VLC, the VLC app is amazing for that. It'll just stream. You can mirror anything. You've got your iPhone. You just open the DLC, the VLC app on that, and you can mirror, stream anything from any any link, any um, Wi-Fi computer in your house straight to the Apple TV. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. The uh, the streaming works really really well off the phone. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And the VLC app will play it onto your phone, and then you just um, yep. mirror it to your TV. Done. Yep. That'll work. Yep. I'd rather do that. Well, it's easy because then the, t- the phone becomes a remote control. That's right. Yeah. I shall give that a go. Very correct. Awesome. Looking at the time. It's time for you to go, I think, Joe. I think I need to get to bed. So you're going to watch uh, Baby Driver and The Handmaiden before the next episode of this podcast? I shall. And what movie is on my list? Because if you can promise me you'll watch those two, I'll watch... A new one because what have I watched that you've given me so far? I've watched Driver, 
I've watched Once Upon a Time in the West. Was there a third one or was it just those two? Just those two. I don't think we've we've covered it. I haven't given you any more. Hmm. You've seen uh, La Femme Nikita, haven't you? Of course. Sure I own seen a copy. It. I've seen it multiple times. It's one of the one of the great films of all time. It is a good movie. It's a great movie. It's in my top 50. Mm. You've seen Dread. Just recently. Give give me a give me a, a genre. No, I want you to pick a film. You pick it. I don't want to. I don't want to shape it. Hmm. It can be anything that I haven't seen. So I've given you a western. I've given you a a neo noir. Neo noir. Action flick. Have, have we done sci fi? No. But, uh, you, but you've pretty much seen every... every no, there's a million sci-fi I haven't seen. You seen Moon? No. You haven't seen Moon? <gasps> watch Moon. Cool. That's it. I'll get it. I'll watch it. Done. Moon with uh, Sam... What's his, what's his name? Sam, 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 Sam. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, yep. Directed by David Bowie's son with a cameo by Matt Berry, I believe. Yep, I'll check that movie out. I will have my review of it ready to go for the next podcast and you will have your review of Baby Driver and of The Handmaiden. Both, I think both are on, yeah, both are on um, on Netflix. I definitely The Handmaiden is, the Korean ha- film, The Handmaiden, which I think you will love. Hand- I think you will love. What's Handmaiden? What genre of film is it? Oh, I guess if you had to give it a genre, you'd call it a a period piece thriller. But it's also, ah, oh, like, I don't want to give anything away. So I'm just going to say it's a, uh, a Korean period piece, but it feels very modern when you watch it. Does that make sense? It's edited and shot it? in a very modern way. With modern sensibilities. I think that's the best thing I can it, say about it. It's a Korean film, yeah? It's a Korean film, yeah. And anyone who's listening, right. have, a, have a watch of that film and send us an email and we'll read out what you think of it as well. It's directed by the guy who did Old Boy. Park Chan-wook. Yes. Park Chan-wook. Park. <laughs> Chan-wook. Correct. Correct. The budget was $10 billion. 10 billion um, Korean francs. No, $10 billion. (laughs) It's it's as good a looking film as any film I've ever seen in my life. It's a very, very attractively shot film. As is Baby Driver. I'm very keen to see what you think of the Baby Driver editing. So keep an eye on the editing of that film, the long takes, the precision. It's Edgar Wright, you know, from Shaun of the Dead, World's End, Hot Fuzz. So you know... It's going to be I've clever. Heard good things about. You know, it's going to be clever. About that movie. Yeah. Ah, and you'll love yeah, the driving too. The, from a driving point of view, the stunt cars and the amazing vehicle stuff they do in it. Oh, it's amazing. Go on. I might watch The Handmaiden first. Yep. And it's on Netflix. It's yeah? on Netflix. It's on Australian Netflix. Don't look up anything about it or any descriptions though because the less you know about it, the better. Well, it's won a lot of 
prizes. Oh, yeah. Got a no- oh, nominations yeah. as well. Let me remind yeah, cool. you, yeah. I saw that movie in 2016 at the theatres and I saw over 150 films in the theatres that year and that was the best one I saw. Or you'd want it to be for 10 billion. 10 million, you idiot. You idiot, Joe. Joe, you're an idiot. $10 billion. It says 10 billion. 10 billion Korean francs was what they spent on it. 10 billion Wayland Yutani dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think it was easy. Yeah, it was right up there. It was right up there as, as, yeah. The only other three films that competed with it were all Korean. Another film called Vanishing Time, which is also on Netflix. Train to Busan, which is also on Netflix. And what's the fourth one? Joe, what's the fourth Korean film? I can't remember now. How have I forgotten? Oh, Luck Key, which is actually a remake of a Japanese film. So I need to see the Japanese original, but I loved Luck Key. I haven't seen a good Hong Kong movie in such a long time. How many, is that because you haven't seen any in a long time or you just haven't seen a good one? See, I used to watch a lot of them on SBS, but I just stopped watching free-to-wear TV. SBS stopped getting them. World Movies bought them all. Yeah, yeah. World Movies destroyed the SBS movie market. I remember back in the 90s, watching um, SBS, I think it was like, what, Tuesday or Wednesday nights or something like that? The the midweek uh, movie? Yeah. Whatever that dude's name was. It wasn't... Um, Des Mangan. Des Mangan? How do, you, how do you spell that? M-A-N-G-A-N. Or G-E-N. He kind of looked like an Australian Drew Carey. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. What's this guy doing now? Probably working for world movies. I don't know. Oh, he retired. Oh, no. He'd be pretty old now, I guess. There's Mangan cult movies. Oh, man. Those were the days. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Someone's gone on Reddit and basically posted everything. <laughs> That's so awesome. All of his old stuff. He used to give these yeah. introductions to all the anime films... All the different things that he would show. Check it out. So, looking at this list. The Killer. Oh, man. That was amazing. Chow Yun-Fat. I think that was his first Hong Kong flick. Wow. Um, Ghost in the Shell. La Femme Nikita. Ninja Scroll. The Wings of Honomaze. Yes. You need to watch that again. I think you'd enjoy it a lot more this time when you're not expecting it to be I like so. like Akira or anything like that. If you expect Police it to be story, too Akira. action. Yeah. Twin Dragons. Cool, man. Chinese Ghost Story 1 and 2. <laughs> I know Altry watched that. Yeah. I think he was saying that's his favorite film. Not true. That's, pretty That's cool. not true. Uh, Armor of God. Do you remember those Jackie Chan movies? Like Armor of God and Police Story and stuff where they would drive around in Mitsubishis with like these massive logos. 
Um, he used to drive a Starion in so many of his films, all through the 80s. He owns more Starions, apparently, than any other anyone in the world. He was the big, the world's biggest Mitsubishi Starion collector. And he had this really nice brown one that had turbo written, like a gold brown. Massive yeah, turbo massive logo. Yeah. The, the Mitsubishi diamond uh, badges were like... Huge. Magnified. Yeah. Product placement was pretty funny back in those days. Yeah, there were Evos, Colts, and Starions in his uh, in his flicks. Yeah. If you if you do a, a Google image search of him, you'll see that he's got a, a lot of Evos. He was obviously into Evos. Yeah, well, he loves the loves the Mitsubishi turbos. So. And why wouldn't you if you're if you're Jackie Chan? Why not? I'm sure they look after That's him. With special editions and all that stuff. Special tuning. Yeah. Jackie Chan Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution. Special premium edition designed by Jackie Chan. Lancer Evo 9 version 2, number 1 of 50. Designed by him. Wow. He's got his own... Um, he designed a, a Lamborghini Aventador as well. So he's obviously a car buff. Oh, definitely. I think he... And he does a lot of his own stunt driving, I would believe. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah, well, he pretty much does everything. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got two limited edition Evo 9s. He's got the 3000 GT. I saw one of those the other day in Braddon, a 3000 GT. Yeah, they're awesome. They're such a cool looking car. Yeah, the, the design of that vehicle... For its time, was, was it was just ahead of the game. Same, same with all the Japanese cars, like the RX-7 mm. looked amazing. Um, Supra looked amazing. The Honda NSX. Uh, Toyota's making a new Supra as well. Yeah, I heard that. The Celica Supra. Goes in uh, production into production in nine months' time. It's going to be aimed at the M2 market, so I reckon it's probably going to be around 100 grand. Um, it'll come with a... I think it might be a three liter flat six. Turbo? Ooh, good question. I'd say so. It's pretty hard these days not to um not to turbocharge engines. Well power and fuel efficiency. If they keep it down to a hundred like twelve hundred kilos in weight and they give it the same engine, like the, the six cylinder engine that's in the Orion, do you know how powerful those are? Those are unturbocharged, unsupercharged, and they run about two hundred and twenty kilowatts. Yeah, I don't think... If they put a 224-kilowatt six-cylinder... They already own that engine. Toyota do. If they tweak it, they might get 250 out of that. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon they're going to supercharge it. Quick question. Is the the Nissan 370Z, that's a six-cylinder, unturbo, unsupercharged, 250-kilowatt car, right? Yeah, it's a bit old now, though. But that's the same same type of deal, right? Is the Supra going to be all-wheel drive? I suspect it'll be a rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel only. There's no info on the on the um, very little information. Is it similar to the Toyota 86? Are they going to use any of that, or is it going to be a brand new car from the ground up? Brand new car. It'll cost less than a Porsche Cayman. You'd hope so. <sighs> the Caymans are about, I think, one, about 120. Oh, one, yeah, 120, 140. 
if you get any decent like stuff the on cheapest them. one yeah before you get any kind of um any kind of options on them hmm interesting yeah without any information on on what they're actually going to do with it it's a bit hard to kind of looks cool though they if you look at the photos it's hard hard to tell with the uh, that camo paint that they put on it makes it really hard to sort of pick out the lines but if you look at the actual shape of the vehicle it looks like the the original uh like the 90 mid 90s version of it not not the boxy one from the early 90s yeah yeah cool cool all right well i will let you right. go it's about quarter past 9 p.m we'll get this i'll send you the file and we'll get it going awesome all right good to be back cool man it is indeed and have a good Talk week soon. we'll do another one we're going to get these episodes up weekly from now on we are i'm making i'm making an on-air commitment to getting this done weekly even if we only do a shorter one can we can we stick to that let's do that i know i've been the worst in that regard but what do you reckon let's do it let's do it cool let's do it all right all right talk to you later bye podcast.